Hi, this is Jeff Pitts, pastor of the Collective Church in Cleveland, Tennessee. We hope this message helps you to live on purpose for His purposes. Now here's the message. Like, you know, what, I, and I want to know what the word joy means. So I, I, I picked joy and I picked the, a couple passages in Philippians. And so you're supposed to write this elaborate sort of study on the word and what you found and every passage of scripture it's in and all these things. And so the very first part of it was, what did you find that the word meant, right? You had to look at the Greek word. You had to look at the context of it. And I got really, I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be so good. I love to, to find the etymology of words and what they mean and where they come from. And here's what I found out. Guess what joy means? Joy. Like, I was, I was so disappointed. I was like, I wanted some discovery of it. I wanted some, like, unpacked earth, like, promise or secret, like, nobody knew about. And I go to, the, like, the Greek word for joy is joy. And I was like, well, that's kind of a buzzkill, right? Like, like that's the exact opposite of joy. I want to know something that, that wasn't there. I want to find out something that wasn't really in, in just the three little words. But to come to find out, joy is simply just joy. It's something you have or you don't have. See, happiness is different because happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is based on your emotions. Happiness is based on what's happening to you. Joy is a state of being. Joy is a state of who you are. Happiness is what is happening. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on your face. Joy is in the soul. Happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows while happiness hugs hello. Joy is a practice and a behavior. It's deliberate, intentional. Happiness comes and goes along its way. Joy endures hardship, trials, and connects with meaning and purpose. See, you're happy because something happened. You're joyful because it's inside of you. It's different. It's simple, but it's complex. It's, it's, see, I, I was happy because the Cubs won. My disappointment of 108 years of, of, of sort of terrible baseball was over, but it was just a circumstantial happiness. It wasn't real joy. Because joy is not happiness. Joy is something that God gives. See, biblical joy comes from the word rejoice. So here's what I did learn about that word. And what's interesting about the word rejoice is that it comes from a word that means to jump. So, like, everybody's ever been to youth camp, like, that's what you think about rejoicing, right? Like, all the kids get all wild and crazy, and they're jumping around. And, like, so that's when it says rejoice, especially in the Old Testament and in the Hebrew language, it was this concept that they were jumping for joy. That their joy was so overflowing that when the moment happens, it says rejoice in the Lord, they would jump. That was, that was the idea behind the word. And so it wasn't just circumstantial, it was a choice they had to make to rejoice. Joy is not a what, it's a who. It's a who. It's not what happens to you, it's who's inside of you. Because Galatians says this, the fruit of the Spirit, those who grew up in Sunday school, is love, joy. So, so joy is not what, it's who. We, we, we have joy or we experience joy 
because of who is inside of us, because it's a fruit of the Spirit. So in order to have joy, you have to have God's Spirit dwelling inside of you. I don't think, and this is a contradiction to my whole title, I don't think joy can be killed. I don't, if you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, they can't kill the Jesus in you. If, if joy is a fruit of the Spirit that's produced by the Spirit of God and you're, you have the Spirit dwelling inside you, if it's a, as a Christian you do, they can't kill that. So why don't Christians have joy? What, what's the struggle with, with joy for Christians? Because I, I've met some of the most unjoyful people in my, my life who go to church. Like, I've met people who profess Christianity, and, and they say they love Jesus, and they got no joy. Just, just none. Just not a lick of joy about them. So I don't think you can kill joy, but I think, I think you can kind of get caught up in some things that kind of pollute your joy. And it's never a lot. You know, it's never, it's never the big things. It, it just kind of happens when you get maybe a little anxiety. Right? Or, or, or maybe it's, it's a, little, a little discontentment. Not, not a lot. Not, not a lot. Just, just a, little, a little, maybe a little comparison. Maybe, maybe, it's a little, maybe it's a little worry. Maybe it's a little hate. You, you don't really hate them. You just kind of hate them, right? You, you, don't, you don't really just, like, you don't wish them dead. Just, just wish that something bad would happen to them. Come on, y'all know, right? And maybe it's just a, a little bit of a little bit of anxiety. A little bit of work. What happened? What happened to my joy? What was pure is suddenly polluted. What was, what was clear in my life and the spirit was so clear in my life is suddenly by the things I'm putting in and allowing in, polluted by what I've allowed. It was just a little bit. It, it was just a little anxiety. It, it was just a little worry. But all of a sudden, those things can't exist in the same space as the spirit. L- listen to the scripture again. Let me go back. Because y'all are going, no, that's not true, Jeff. Come on, come on, Jeff. That's not right. Do not be anxious about anything. That comes right after rejoice in the Lord. If you're going to rejoice, you can't be anxious. If you're going to rejoice, you can't be worried. Those things can't coexist. And somehow in our understanding of our own faith in this context and culture, we're trying to merge them together, and we wonder why our joy is polluted. We we wonder why we don't have the joy of the Lord. We wonder why when it says the joy of the Lord is our strength, why we're so weak. Because we polluted our joy with the things we're allowing in. Open Instagram. I guarantee you're going to go, oh, I can't believe they got that. Right? Just, just a little comparison. It happens to all of us, and it pollutes the joy that's inside of us. What God intended to be pure suddenly gets polluted. 
And it's, it's not a what, it's a who, because we start pushing out the Spirit by all the things we keep letting in. We, we start pressing out the things of God. Listen, I know things happen. Like, please, please understand, like, sorrow is real. Grief is real. Hurt is real. I, I'm not prescribing that we fake our joy, because the, these things are very real. And, and, and there are times and seasons that sometimes we got to go, and, and please understand, I'm saying this as a pastor and not a counselor, but you need to find somebody to talk to because the things that have happened, and you need to process those so you can get back to having joy. Uh, Rachel and I are advocates of counseling. Please get counseling. Please see a counselor. Please talk to somebody. Now, this is not saying, hey, hey, these things don't happen. Because, listen, it happened even to the disciples. In John 16, Jesus starts to foretell what will happen. He says, listen, I- I'm going to die, and this is going to be terrible. Can you imagine the guy you just spent three years, years with going, hey, guess what? I got some bad news. I'm probably, well, not probably. It's going to happen, guys. I'm going to die. You just spent three years with this guy. And this is what he says in John 16. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice. And here's the important part, John 16, 22. And no one will take your joy away from you. Your joy can't be killed, it can't be stolen, but it can be forfeited. It can't be killed, it can't be stolen, but it can be forfeited. By the things we let in, by the anxiety and the worry and the things we allow into our life that pollutes the joy of the Lord. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's who is inside of me. Joy is what God wants us to live with. It's what God wants us to experience. It's what God intends for us to have. You know my love for biblical context, so i got to help you guys understand what's happening in Philippi. And, and, and so Paul is like the pastor of pastors, right? So he's writing the Philippians letter, and 12 times in this letter he says the word rejoice or joy. He's like, it's, it's the letter of joy is what it's called. Like, it is just like his happiest letter. Like, you read all the other epistles, and it's like, hey, Corinthians, you guys suck, right? Like, that's how he writes. Like, hey, Corinthian church, you got to fix all this. Not in Philippians. Not one time in the entire epistle of Philippians does he correct anything going on. It's all good news, except for this one thing. This one thing. And it's really sort of almost like a side note, but it's important. And it's in verse 2. And I don't have the text, Andrew, but I'll read it. I want you guys to read it with me if you have your Bibles. 4 verse 2. I appeal to you, Adoa, and to Syntec to agree in the Lord. Yes, I say to you, true companion, help them. They have struggled together in the gospel ministry along with me and Clement and my other co-workers. So that's verse 2 and verse 3. Here's the context. And remember, these letters are read to the entire church, so everybody hears this. Here's what Paul says. Y'all two women need to quit fighting. Don't bring that mess up in my church, is what he said. Like if my mom was saying, she said, don't bring that mess up in my church. 
there, there's a church fight. We don't know what it's about. We don't know why they're fighting. Apparently they were friends and they had a falling out, but something happened and these two women are going at it. They don't like each other. There's bitterness. There's all kinds of things happening. And Paul goes, hey, y'all need to work it out. In the next verse, verse 4, he says what? Rejoice in the Lord. You can't fight and rejoice at the same time. I can't be mad at my girl D and come alongside her and praise the Lord with her. It's just not biblical. Like, I can fake it. I can be like, mm, that's so good, right? But, but it's not authentic. It's not from a place of, of honesty because joy in that can't exist. And the Bible says, Jesus said this, if you have aught or trouble with your brother and you bring your offering, he says, get up from the altar, go fix that relationship, then bring back your worship. So Paul in Philippians, his whole book about joy, says, hey, you all women who keep fighting, you do and Syntec, here's how you're going to fix it. Rejoice. Authentic rejoicing brings healing to the bitterness or whatever was happening in the situation. I've wrestled with this, wrestled, because it didn't make sense, but I think it's true. Joy is a choice. I like to write, right? I like to write. And I've been a really bad writer lately. Like, sometimes I write. But I'm one of those writers who kind of waits for the moment to come. Like, anybody else write? Like, you're, 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 like creative people are, are, like, waiting for creativity to show up, and then they're creative. Like, like, Lord, give me the words. And they show up, and they write. But what I don't do is write when I don't feel creative. But the truth is, words are choices. Like, I can, at any time, can open my MacBook and start typing words. It's a choice I make. It's not that I have to wait for the moment to happen to experience it. Since joy is not an emotion but a state of being, it's not an option of when I want to have joy or don't want to have joy. All the time I have joy, and I need to choose to rejoice in that. Joy is inside of me because the Spirit of God is inside of me. So at any moment, no matter the circumstance or situation, how difficult it was, how challenging it's been, I can rejoice because the joy of the Lord is inside of me. My kids, um, we had this, I don't know, one of these situations. When you parent five teenagers at once, it gets to be a lot of fun. We had this season where they were all five teenagers at once. Um, and so, like, parenting happens on the fly. Like, sometimes you create rules as you go. Like, you know, it's just how it goes. Um, so they would all come, like, I don't know, like, they have this teenage angst about them. They all had it for, like, a season. Like, they were all, like, grumpy about something. Like, they didn't like what we had for breakfast or the cereals or whatever it was. And so we, we would, like, you know how parents are, like, so mean, right? They're so mean. Like, we'd be like, what's up, grumpy pants, right? <laughs> So that got to be like the tagline of, of our kids. And because Rachel and I are teachers and love words, suddenly it became this expression of, hey, what pants did you put on today? Yeah, I mean, are you going to put on your grumpy pants or are you going to put on your pants full of joy? Because you get to go to the closet of your life and pick the pants. It's true. You get to pick the attitude. You get to pick how you are. You get to pick whether you're going to rejoice or not. Listen, it's your choice. So pick your pants. 
Pick what you're going to put on. Are you going to put on joy? Are you going to put it on? Because it's always your choice. See, because listen, if we go back to John 16, no one can take it away from you. You choose it. And please understand, I know there's seasons of sorrow. I know there's seasons of grief. I know there's seasons of hard things. And, and I know so there's sometimes we have to mourn. The Bible says, listen, mourning lasts for a season, but joy comes in the morning. There's times for grief. There's time for mourning. But joy comes after it. About three years ago, we, we lost my mother-in-law. Wonderful woman. Wonderful woman. Suddenly in a car accident. For about a year, I, my job literally felt like was to sit with my father-in-law in grief. Grief is a terrible thing. Healthy, but terrible. One day he, he's sitting there. He would sit silently in it and just sit. We'd sit for hours waiting for him to sort of speak. And he looks up one day and he goes, Jeff, I miss her. I miss her a lot. But I wouldn't want her back. Because she's where I want to be. And that stuck with me. Because we're going to go through seasons of sorrow. And we're going to go seasons of grief. And we're going to hit hard times and hardships. And there's going to be hurt. And there's going to be things that are very real in life. But how we see the moment affects whether we have joy in it or not. He was able to celebrate his widowed bride of 49 years, having her eternal reward with Jesus while he sat in sorrow. That's what joy looks like. That's, that's what comes from what's inside of you. It's not a moment. It's not a happiness. It's not circumstantial. It's what God brings forth from you. So I don't think anybody can kill your joy. I don't think anybody can steal your joy. I think life happens, and you get to pick the pants you wear. You get to choose joy. And it comes by decluttering the stuff of your life and what you allow in. We're going to talk more about that next week. But what I know in this room, because statistically it's just true, there are believers in here who don't feel God's joy. They don't sense the joy of the Lord. They haven't had joy in their life for some time. And I want you to choose joy. I want you to choose Jesus. I want you to choose not to focus on the external circumstances, but I want you to see that God is still on your side, that he's still working for you, that he's still doing a work in your life. There are good things yet to come. It's all about the perspective of how you see God working. Because when we get focused on what's happening, we miss it. 
But if we can say in light of the circumstances, God is still for me, I can choose joy. So I don't know what the circumstance of your life is. I know God is still for you and still with you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Now go be the collectives. Thank you.